Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Happy Monday to you, as we always do at this point. Someone's in to uh, cast an eye over some stories from the weekend today. It's James O'Hagan from LGBT Ireland, which is an umbrella group for various LGBT organisations. James is also the host of the podcast Invisible Threads. Uh, which you can find on Go Loud. James, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks uh, for having me in. Uh, you, you wanted to start with the, with the protest at the weekend. Were you, uh, were you at it yourself? I was only at it briefly. I didn't. I, I walked up to Parnell Square to have a look at the crowds gathering and then went off for brunch, which I mean, you know, really... <laughs> 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 you know, there was a revolution, but you know... <laughs> I was nearby rather than, rather than in the thick of it. You know, I saw, I saw them gathering and it did look like a, a hefty crowd. I, I do always like that whenever we get into conversations around uh, these sort of protests it sticks to the numbers you get into a big conversation Isn't it mad because I was looking it up and there was like the Irish Times said 3,000 the organisers said 20,000 the examiner <laughs> said 10,000 so I, know. who knows well you know what whatever whatever amount of people were there they were there to to, to really address some legitimate uh, concerns that we all would have uh, going into the next couple of months maybe the next era of, of Irish politics as well Yeah uh, what do you think there'd be a next era as in a Sinn Féin government? I mean I it's looking that way, isn't it? I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm an expert in all things homophobia, LGBT. Uh, I'm not a, a political pundit by any stretch, but it does certainly seem as if everything is pointing that direction. Yeah. How are Sinn Féin and LGBT rights? They're very good. They yeah. are, and they have been traditionally very good right from from their sort of origins. So, like, it's not a kind of a new to the party kind of thing. It's something that they've they've obviously uh, always had it as a value that sort of inclusion and respect and uh, for for members of that more marginalised communities. Right, okay, all right. So so you'd be fairly happy with them from that point of view. Absolutely, at the very least. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but in, in, in terms of like that, obviously people are finding that really hard at the moment. At the, and that's why there's a protest. Uh, do you think the government doesn't actually get how hard it is for people? I mean, it's it's hard to know. And I think if you look at, say, the, the protest that took place, it was such a broad coalition of people that had, you know, some issues overlapped. I mean, you know, sort of energy and housing and, and sort of the generic cost of living and how much you're spending when you go into the supermarket. All of these things were kind of overlapping, but also conversations around uh, emigration and people needing to leave, how we're treating people who are coming into the country. So it was a lot, a lot of issues that people just seem to be restless on and I I don't know whether there's a sense that kind of the government think oh we can just push this past Tuesday if we get past Tuesday then everyone will be happy and I'm not 100% sure that that's necessarily going to be the case Oh no but just never make everybody happy <laughs> No that's they don't absolutely no, uh, There's no chance of that happening but you know uh, best of luck with that Also of course the, uh, the results of the Italian election uh, was very big news Yeah I, I, that's concerning I, I suppose obviously it, it sort of is is showing a skew towards the right that's happening around Europe from myself within my own community we know that that the the, the brothers of Italy kind of have been outspoken on their opposition to to gay parenting and, and sort of you know would be looking for a return to sort of traditional family values around Europe they they are fans of of Viktor Orban in Hungary they have sort of expressed you know a certain amount of uh, reluctance maybe to 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 uh, continue 
sort of programs that would see people more included. So it is something that certainly from my point of view, I'm seeing as being very worrying because I suppose it links into what we're seeing here in Ireland as well. And in terms of a greater level of violence or discrimination against LGBTQ people. And sort of this tone that's shifting away from perhaps the like progress and, and sort of excitement and inclusion for people who have been marginalised for a very long time over the last couple of years. We're seeing this sort of take root in Europe in a way that would leave you concerned if you are in any way outside of kind of the mainstream. Yeah, they, they, well, I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're for, it's, it's ironic that the first Italian prime minister was a member of a party called Brothers uh, of Italy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I also or a thought female that, prime minister, I should say, yeah. <laughs> but I also was thinking it's, it's, been, a, it's been a bad uh, couple of weeks for people who want to celebrate women sort of breaking the glass ceiling, you know, in terms of, sort of Liz Truss and the UK maybe not necessarily being the kind of feminist stalwart that you would like to see and maybe not necessarily wanting to to drop the ladder down behind them to help others advance. So, you know, it, it looks as if, you know, within the, the the policies that the Brothers of Italy have, and I don't know if this is to do with Georgia, the, the leader, um, they do want to try and make it easier for women to work and for families to prosper. So, you know, while obviously there's concerns about lots of other things, if they do do that, that would be a positive thing. Yeah, the, though, uh, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, because their their, their uh, economy is a bit of a mess. But they are, like, I mean, she personally has said it many times, she's, you know, opposed to same-sex marriage, uh, same-sex parents, you know, all, all all the things you kind of might expect in, in that particular no, basket, unfortunately. It, she was even asked, what if you had if one of your children uh, uh, was gay or lesbian? And she said, I prefer if they weren't. Yeah, and I mean, that sends a very worrying message. I, I read an interview with a, with a man who's a, 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 a gay couple who have children living, I think, um, outside of Pisa, and they were speaking about how their children had overheard sort of on the news these sort of, you know, the, the this debate or this conversation about the fact that gay families weren't appropriate and that sort of they shouldn't be allowed to have. And that affected the children. And they were thinking, well, you know, asking, are we OK? Is our family going to be safe? And there are so many LGBTQ families made up in many different ways around Italy and around the world to see that and it does sort of you know I suppose it, it stokes a fear that you could find yourself in a cast out delegitimized position very quickly and it, it, it's an anxious time if you're trying to raise children as well thinking yeah. that the rest of society around you is perhaps going to suddenly start looking at you your family makeup and saying that's not appropriate Do you think that might happen in Ireland? I I mean I don't necessarily. I have a. Con- I I feel as if we we have very much adopted within to our kind of our makeup as a as a as a nation a pride in the way we include people and a pride in the way that we extend the handout to ensure that more marginalised people are sort of included and feel safe within our society. But you know, you only have to look at the, the murders in Sligo earlier this year, the attacks that have been having around the city centre, that there is that undercurrent there. I feel as if we're going to fight against it. I don't feel negative in any way. Ireland remains to be an incredibly safe place to be a member of the LGBTQ community. But, you know, seeing these things happen around the world, seeing perhaps the the erosion of rights for LGBTQ people in, in, in America, the sort of the, the, the conversations that are happening around trans inclusivity in, in the UK, it, it does make you think like we're, we're a standout and I hope we stay that way. I hope that we can cannot sort of veer veer right. Yeah, yeah. Because I suppose you could say 
And maybe that's being me being Pollyanna-ish, but 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 the, you know, the, the homophobic attacks are kind of like a disgruntled rump in society who see things are moving not the way they want it to. Yeah, and I absolutely hope that that is the case. I hope that it is sort of a, a sort of the the last gasps of of parts of our society who feel as if you know their view of the world is is slipping away from them and it is lashed out in that way. I mean, obviously, it it means that that will always be there, sadly, and those people with those opinions will always be part of our society. So so we need to ensure that LGBTQ people and people from all marginalised communities feel safe to be able to access the services and supports and feel as if those services and supports that are there, you know, including the Gardaí, health and social care services, are going to understand their needs and be able to meet them as well. Um, but I don't I don't think we're going to be looking at a massive backslide, fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, yeah, no, and actually that kind of dovetails in because some of your work, you work with... Uh, um, older LGBTQ people and I suppose their experience of coming out if they come out at all is quite different to what it might be for a, the younger cohort. C- completely. So so my role within LGBT Ireland I suppose I, I have my arms around all of the work we do for older members of the community and it is specifically looking at how we can ensure that those services that are vital to positive ageing can come out as LGBT inclusive because that population of people who are that bit older in our society and are members of the LGBTQ community they remember a period of time where what made them different made them neglected, made them discriminated against, oftentimes meant that they had to leave Ireland to be authentically themselves. And it was their fault. It was their identity that made them an outsider, their identity that made them sort of wrong within the eyes of the state. And, you know, it was only last week we had the 40th anniversary of the the, the commemoration of the the death of Declan Flynn and and the sort of Mm. the highlighting the way in which we as a nation at that time looked at sort of a violent crime against a member of the LGBTQ community. So if you at that stage were in your 20s or 30s and you're 40 years older now, you're still going to hold with you that fear that can I actually trust that these places are going to see my needs? A lot of the people maybe haven't changed. A lot of the the, the policies haven't changed. Am I actually safe to access these services at a time when I'm vulnerable? Yeah. And your role in that is that to reassure them that I mean, my, my they role, are okay. I suppose my my role is is twofold. Uh, firstly, it would be to 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 promote training and awareness within um, services that are sort of vital for positive aging. So we work with a lot of the NGOs, the likes of uh, Alone, Age and Opportunity, the Irish Hospice Foundation, the Alzheimer's Society, Cancer Society, sort of help them kind of understand if there's any tweaks that need to happen to their policies so that people accessing their services see visibly from the outside, oh, this is a safe space for me. Also working with sort of you know, care homes and, and, and hospices and hospitals, GPs, pharmacists, to make sure that they are able to kind of understand the need to come out as inclusive and rather than leaving the pressure with the older member of the LGBTQ community to sort of need to sort of speak up for themselves. Because we know that around 25 to 30 percent of, of older members of the LGBTQ community wouldn't feel safe to come out to a really? healthcare worker. Yeah. So they wouldn't feel safe to assert their identity, which means that they'll delay taking care. They may choose to avoid care. I've spoken to people who've declined to have home care services because they fear that the person who'd be coming into their very intimate space, into their home space, may be sort of um, neglectful or discriminatory as a result of their identity. So it it does result to, it leads to sort of worse health outcomes for these members of the community. 
and I suppose just a, 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 an unfairness within our society, in particular for a group who have, I suppose they'll have less of a support network traditionally, they're less likely to be married, more likely to live a ho- alone, so they'll have more of a reliance on these services as well, so it's sort of a catch-22. The other half of the job then is to try and give voice to the older people, so that's where the likes of the podcast came from, it's speaking to older members of our community to say, well, what do you want to, what do you want your care to look like? What do you want your future to look like? What do you want your inclusion within the LGBT community to, to look like? I actually, last week as part of Palliative Care Week, we ran with the Irish Hospice Foundation a death cafe for LGBTQ people. And so a group of older members of the community came together to speak about, well, what does dying as a member of the LGBTQ community look like? What do we what do we want as that part of our, our uh, when we reach that part of our life? What How do we want to be celebrated? How do we want our identities to be celebrated as part of that? And it's having these conversations that haven't happened before, giving people a platform for them and making sure that they feel they feel as if we within the community, the LGBTQ community and the community more more broadly, want to ensure that they have their needs met, their wishes met, and are able to age as they want proudly with their identity as something that's an important part for them. Yeah, because I suppose if you've gone through decades of keeping it secret or at least being circumspect about it, it's a very hard habit to break, I would imagine, for many people. Absolutely, and and you're you're always attuned. I can tell I'm 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 forty, so I was um maybe 10, 11, 12 when uh, homosexuality was, de- was decriminalised so it was never something that impacted my adult life as a gay man but certainly you know there was still that hangover when I was coming out that fear of oh, oh you could have a negative reaction from people you have to be careful the onus is on you to protect mm-hmm. yourself because of your identity so uh, I do I do think that you know that, that casts a long shadow those years that people will have spent living here afraid to, to be out because the state was set up not to include them. Yeah. Now, as, uh, um, to, to turn to some more positive news, uh, <laughs> in, in Cuba, uh, uh, there uh, they had, I think it was yesterday, they had this referendum on, on a new family code. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, I always see when we see, I think Australia did one a while ago, and it feels as if we sort of started this ball rolling of these sort of mm. uh, referenda for, uh, for, for um, I suppose, greater rights for LGBTQ people. So, yeah, they've, they've, um, they had a referendum yesterday on a new family code, which would have like, sweeping changes to how protections and, and and accesses to services for all members of 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 the of the Cuban society for all Cuban people would be including surrogacy including greater rights for grandparents as relating to their grandchildren but significantly as part of that was a uh, was the recognition of same sex marriage and it, it is you know if it goes the right way and at sort of six or seven o'clock this evening when the, the results are announced, we get the, the sort of the positive news, we can all sort of like breathe a sigh of relief and go, oh, that's fantastic. But if it doesn't, you know, there's a bit of a, mm. bit of a that's the other direction. But no, I, I feel as if, you know, the, the Cuban government, I don't think they leave much to chance. So I'm sure. <laughs> well, apparently, you know, from what I've read, that, that it's uh, it's one of those rare, it's rare they have a referendum in yes. Cuba anyway. Yeah. Uh, and part of the reason they're having it is that they know it's quite controversial. Uh, and there's a lot of evangelical churches, etc., uh, opposing this. So I don't know what way it's going to go. Well, that that is true. I mean, it, it it obviously is something they're giving the people their say on. And if they come back and say no, then that's just the way that we will ha- they, that the Cuban people will have to live with it, and that fight for equality and 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 inclusion continues. I, I'm I'm hopeful though that uh, mm. that they're able to that they do they do get the the results that will give more people a chance of being included in society, and particularly because. You know, obviously, a lot of the conversation about this is focused in on the the same sex marriage part of it, but it gives a lot of extra pr- protections to older members of the, the older members of the the Cuban community or the the, the 
Cuban population. It gives mm. extra protections to, to to women who are having children. So it's it, it, by saying no to it on the basis of same sex marriage, they're also going to be preventing a lot of other people from having greater access to rights and more, be more included within their society. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose we'll we'll see how it goes. It is an interesting turnaround, given that historically the Cuban government Very. towards LGBT mm. people were has not been has not been great. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you should become a not being great, yeah. says man in prison for twenty years. Uh, uh, right. So anyway, another bit of good news: Rihanna's going to do Super Bowl. She she didn't do it. Was it yeah. two years ago? Tw- yeah, 2019 she was invited along to do it and said, I think that was right at the, the, the sort of the, the white hot flame of the Colin Kaepernick taking the knee during the uh, during the anthem period and she said that she felt like she would be selling out by going on stage to do this performance um, as a result of kind of, you know, his his treatment and the the, the racism that was being uh, that, that was being talked about during that time. So she is back. I, I feel like this is very big news for, for gays and, and girls who went to their leaving third holiday and like 2011, 2012. Um, but <laughs> but I, I do find, I find it fascinating that obviously this is a huge sporting event, but the only piece of a news that escapes out of America about it is like who's doing the headline show. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> who's in it? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Apparently it'll be in Arizona. So good for them. I assume it's a great tourism boon. <laughs> yes. Good for them. Uh, James, thanks for, for uh, thanks coming into us today. That was uh, James O'Hagan there uh, from LGBT Ireland. Uh, right. Let's find out what's in the cash machine. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.